0: You're now listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast, baby. With your host, Phenom Black, Miss Music Lover, Twan Burgundy, and Silent X. This podcast ain't free. Well, maybe it is, but you better listen, niggas.
1: They try to stay away from, like, large population. What if aliens came down and they look just like you? How would we know that they aliens? The alien came down and he looked just like At Rocky. Yo, it's a couple... That might be aliens out there, then, bro. You ever saw, like, a, a, what they call a shape changer? Uh, shape shifter. Shape shifter. See, that's that YouTube stuff. And what if that schoolboy Q an alien? No, schoolboy Q ain't an alien, man. I seen him do at a out of truck stop. They don't do that. <laughs> that's some trippy. You ever saw an alien? I mean, I did see some one time when I was floating, I ain't gonna lie. What is it? Sensory deprivation, it's the float tank. You know, when you get in the tank, butt oh, naked. yeah! Then, I got into my zone. I got deep in it. And it was like I was hearing like some crazy little music. I got to f*** with this. It sounded like the illest I've ever heard in my life. Like some And it was just like some else? little green looking. Fuck. Like, what? But it freaked me out. I didn't like it. You know what I'm saying? They you go shoot you with nothing. No, no. no, no it's no like film. you go die for a few hours. I mean, what if we die and we just really just go into another planet on some alien? Like, you really, you millions of these planets, and they talk about a heaven and hell, and they don't really understand that theory. But what if we die, we just transform to another planet? That's what the i I'm talking about. Because look, right? we made of like energy, essentially. Yes, exactly, exactly. Atoms, molecules, follicles, right? We can't see the germs on this table. We can't even see like the stuff. a dust whole continent on this table. You feel me? What if there's somebody planet? What you think the ants are doing in an air firm? That's their whole planet, right? Our internal body does look like a galaxy. That's creepy.
2: Set of a young nigga with idle time. They say a devil's workshop
3: is an idle mind. This hip-hop infiltrated by wicked built industry. I'm representing for the underground. Independence, 50 million, freedom of speech, the revolution is pending. But it's cool, cause you see we on a mission. Television out, it's a viral petition. Man, and I hope you pay attention. The WM48, we keep it real give me 48.
4: But
5: then you're looking at black fans that are there, like, oh, we, we ain't enough. So you you saying I ain't doing enough? I come to your show, I got your album, talk about you, but I ain't doing enough. But
2: it's it's not <laughs> it's not even. I, did, D- I
5: didn't bring twenty friends to, with to me. To
2: add to that, right? To add to that, and this is what I was thinking because I went to No Name's concert when she came to DC. I was there when I went to No Name's concert in DC at 9:30 Club, and I think she had two shows here. You know what I saw? I saw a bunch of black women. That's what I saw. I saw a bunch of, because because it was right down the street from Howard University. I saw a bunch of black women, her age, a lot younger, that were looking up to a female artist that had spoken to them, and she does it well. And had made a project that all of them would have brought the vinyl for, that all of them have been supporting since Telephone that they have followed and they read her GQ interviews and they watched her NPR tiny desk. Like they follow her. They, they like, they live through her music because it speaks directly to them. It's for them. And she looks like them. And she's a cultured person. She's a beautiful spirited person on social media and at her shows. She has a glow about her. She has a demeanor that is, that is powerful and joyful. Like there's this whole essence to her show. And her music, that, that is represented in the music. So you get the best of both worlds. You get to hear the music. And you get to see her doing the music the way it should be done. So when you say now that you don't want to do this music anymore. Because you went to some cities or most of your cities. Where it was too many white people yelling nigga back at you. But like you weren't speaking to them though. When you made this, these songs. When you did this music. You were speaking to your to black women. You were speaking to black men in some of them but mostly to black women telling the story of a black woman. Like I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, a white person directed the film A color, color purple based on a book written by Alice Walker. Like that doesn't like people, Tony Morrison and shit wasn't like, no white people shouldn't be reading the bluest eyes because I wrote it to speak to black people. No white people should be reading it so they can read a piece of a piece of source, a source material that comes from a black person spoken to black people and not necessarily written to include white people who might not understand black vernacular and black culture, because they don't care about it. You made music for black women. Your music spoke to black women, black women supported you in the numbers that, you know, you got, and it was a significant amount of black women supporting you, followers on Instagram, but look at where you are. You are not just there because of the white people who liked your music. You are there because of the black women who loved your music too. So now you like, I'm not doing music no more. And they still supported you. But then you're like, I'm not doing these concerts no more because it's white people talking to me. I'm kind of with Twan on this one. I'd be a little hurt. Like, I would be like, damn, so we just lost a good one. Right? You know? That sucks. Everybody got to do what they got to do. And everybody got to deal with their depressions and their anxieties. And
3: yeah, I was going to say, do you think illnesses? this is something deeper than... This, that's what it sounds like to me. Like it's something deeper. How she's than saying just it, just her rant. I guess quote unquote rant going on. She's like I said,
2: she's having an existential crisis. She's having what is a legit term, a quarter life crisis. That's a real thing, you know. Oh, so it is. She's and she's going through it, and I feel for her. But I also feel for her fans, and I, I, I'm glad she has this book this book club club that she can thrive with. But yeah, man. Like so, Deidre, you asked me earlier. So she's not doing music anymore, right? But like, right. don't she got the Ghetto Sage? I'm coming out with Smino. And Is that Saba. actually
3: coming out? Yeah,
2: she said she's doing it. Somebody asked her if she was still doing it on Twitter. She said, "Yep, I'm still doing it." Them the homies. That's my family. I'm still doing it. So then my question was like, so are you going to tour what? with them?
3: So she's not doing personal music, but she's doing music with them. And yeah, they're gonna clearly they're gonna go on tour with this. Like this.
2: She said that's They're just the family. Not... She's gonna support it. But also, you know, you can, you know, for people who aren't on Twitter, you can like you, like you can on Facebook in a group, you can pin a tweet mm-hmm. to the top of your profile. The tweet pinned to the top of her Twitter right now is go out and support song 32 so I can do a song 33. What? I am baffled, ma'am. Are are you doing music or are it's... you not doing music? So-
3: something
2: I'm... something is
3: something's going on with her that what uh. clearly something 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 is for her to be so hot and cold I guess per se and to be saying one thing but I guess contradictory like something is going on for her to be spazzing like this I don't it could be just midlife crisis or quarter Life crisis, but I don't. I don't think so. But then again, I'm not Twan, so.
4: <laughs> Sorry, twan use your degree, you please. Than uh, 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 y'all need to get some friends in a group church <laughs> <them>. <laughs> uh, Yep. Y'all need to stop putting everything out on Twitter. On the like, twitters, like just, just stop, like. Because one of the things, like,
5: if you're going to put all your stuff out on Twitter, then don't be mad when people comment. That's all I'm saying. Like, you can't sit there and put all your shit out on Twitter and then be like, stop using my shit for Twitter. Like, no, you put it, this is a public forum.
3: Or when they disagree (laughs) with stuff you say.
5: Yeah, like, it's a public forum. You ain't got to put that out. Like, you don't have to put that out there.
3: Especially when it's very personal things. Like, you know, it's one thing, if you like, I don't agree, you know blueprint is the best jay-z album like that's one thing but when you start putting out like very personal information especially stuff that's very that could be very triggering for you um and people might see it and if they call you oh you just being intentional or or they're making light of like the situation or the incident that happened that bothered you that badly like yeah you can't I mean, you can get mad, but I mean, it's just like, but why would you put that out there? Because, you know, there's trolls, you know, there's people that just don't care. Don't put it out there. And like, like you need to to keep to yourself.
2: She's so she's doing this no name book club thing, right? But she's partnering up with libraries and stuff that I'm sure aren't black owned. Like everybody (laughs) go to them.
3: Yeah, like what? Where does the where does the white people lie? <laughs> like where like, does where does the you're okay with that? And you're okay with you know the what is it gold sage? Because you know they're going to tour. Yeah, she got you're okay with
2: that. She got chapters in cities now. She got a New York chapter, a DC chapter, a Chicago chapter. So what? So are you saying that if you got an Ohio chapter, you'd be like, nah, too. I don't like them white people reading books with a- us.
3: Uh, or Montana.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, or North Dakota chapter. That would absolutely be amazing if you got a North Dakota Black Book Club chapter full of white people reading books recommended by a young black woman. Do you understand what type of reach that, oh my God, like, I kind I, I, I of, maybe she's watched it. Maybe she's watched it. I want to sit down and make her watch Tony, Toni Morrison's documentary that came out this year that's available on Hulu right now. I love her. Like, Oh my God! Have you seen the documentary? Yes, it's God. Like
3: piece, I the love, pieces. Like, I love. I, so I, w- I was always a big Toni Morrison fan, but watching the documentary just made me love her even more and made me miss her. Watching she
2: more. Had, like when she when she won that Nobel Peace Prize when I, when she won a Nobel Prize for literature. Who did she take to Sweden with her? Two white people, because mm-hmm. those were the people that supported her. One of them was her editor. Her editor was a white man.
4: Mm-hmm. Her
2: work colleague when she was teaching like college courses or whatever, a white woman. She invited them, I'm not saying that she didn't take other people, she did, but she made sure to take the people that supported her and they happened to be white
4: people. Mm-hmm. Lee,
2: like, I'm I'm so baffled at why we uh, why we want to be particular about who we get help from. When we're helping so many more people like us, with that. It's a
3: bigger, it's a bigger thing than that.
2: And absolutely,
3: yeah, because even like if anybody reads Toni Morrison books, especially her earlier books, I mean, I mean, black, blackest of the black, like, you know, racism and all facets of like black culture and black just living. And then, I mean, you know, Toni Morrison has literally like in the most eloquent form like broke down and told off white people and, and called them out on their racism.
2: <laughs> I love the way she talks. it. those clips are so good.
3: Those Easily, like so she be. Like, I mean, you just be like, God damn.
2: I, I love, yeah, but I, I mean, love, I love what they put in the documentary about like um when they compared when they when they did the segments with James Baldwin, right? And mm-hmm. they were talking about being acknowledged with white awards for your literature. And they had they had one of the women, uh, one of the black writers at that time that she was being compared to, said they had her doing a petition for her to like get a literary award. They wouldn't put her up for it, or white people just wouldn't give it to her, despite all of the books that Toni Morrison had that were successful and the things that she's been able to do with those, speaking and reading them in other countries and stuff. Like that's how far reaching her her words went, and her experiences went. They went, so they had a petition going, and one of the one of the uh, the black uh, authors was like, "Why would I sign something begging white people for an award?" And I love the fact that it isn't begging people for an award. It's the same thing that you've been trying to do with your literature from day one. Writing it's the same shit you go through with publishing. It. It's the same shit you go through with marketing and trying to sell your book. Right? You have to deal within a white economy and a white environment and a white culture trying to sell black. Thoughts and black experiences and black life and black words. You want mm-hmm. the acknowledgement, the pride, the, 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 the it, it isn't necessarily, it isn't the trophy. It's the acknowledgement that comes with the trophy. It's the mm-hmm. fact that you got to break down your white wall now and put my name up there in the rafters with everybody else's that you who who I am, who I deserve to be next to,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, breaking down color barriers. Part of that is being acknowledged. For your abilities to actually break them down. And she did that. So when mm-hmm. they were like, when they had talked about how they had, and I love the fact that they included the, the conversation a the woman had with James Baldwin before he went about, he was like, girl, all that acknowledgement, I want a prize. Yep. I want a white, I want a symbol that white people see me. That's it, cause, because that's the that part of that is the point. That is the progressive
4: struggle. <laughs> exactly.
2: And it's just weird for us to stay, to be in 2019 acting like we can make it out here. I'm not saying we can't make it out here with just the support of black people. But why would you want just the support of black people in a nation that, like we said earlier, is 12% black? And we constantly are going to be in front or around some white people. If you can get these white people to love you and
4: support you genuinely, why not? Mm-hmm. Like why? Why not? why not? I just don't. It doesn't make you any black. Like it doesn't
3: make you any blacker to be like this. Is all I want is these black people to support me. I don't want any other race to support me at all. Like it doesn't work
4: like that.
5: It's the it's the fact of not do your art. Be honest to yourself. And your experiences in that art, and then let who likes it like it. Now, if you're the people who try to change the art so that somebody else will like it, or you try to tone down your stuff so that white audience will like it, then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're being honest to yourself, that's why like some people that like we said you can have, uh, Tony Morrison, James Baldwin, like they their stuff was. Honest to themselves, honest to the viewpoints they were coming from, honest for, honest of, of the people they have seen in their life. And that's what I wrote. And if you over there being the majority can recognize that as genuine and want something of it, then that's great. Because that's a step in recognizing us as humans, you know, and we're and I'm fine with that. But the thing is, whether you like I didn't get into this to to do it for that, it'd be nice if it happens. I'm not going to argue for y'all if, if you know, I'm not going to like say, dog, no, I'm not taking this award or I'm not taking that thing, but I, that's not why I came in to do it.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I came in because I wanted to write this, these, these stories for my thing. You came in and you gave your, your perspective on the art and then people gravitated to that. Like, that's a genuine thing. That's a genuine, like you, like you should just be happy that people are doing it. Are there going to be people who who try to take advantage or don't or or do something else? Yeah, I mean that's always going to be. It, it, it that's just how people are, no matter you black white whatever. Yeah, it won't man, just be life. white people. But the majority of people ride with you and and they like your art and and your your point of view. So when you say that to when you say something to them and then they just feel like okay, now I can't like your art. You know. So now what is this now like this white person now is going to go like oh I can't I can't like this art now I'm not going to listen now I'm not going to expose myself to it just be like you're not changing nobody's out here saying no names out here doing her art for the white masses right you're doing something right. that's genuine to you that's, that's do you do your art whatever it has to be
4: to make it happy for you do your art your fans will be your fans Maybe as she gets older, she will understand this wisdom, and you know, apply to
3: it.
2: When she starts seeing that 25 struggle,
3: five is like the peak of I know everything.
2: <laughs> true,
3: like I'm grown, grown. When you're really not at all, like you just kind of scratch the surface.
2: I mean, if you want to add more struggle to your struggle, that's fine. But you, you not, you really are in a better position than most of the people you're saying that you want your music to only reach. Right. Most of the people that you're speaking to are not going to be, are will never be on a stage like you they will never sit in a chair with Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or whoever, like you've done, they will never perform with a live band. They will never get to meet the people you have met. They will never be able to reach the people that you've reached. So why not reach everybody? If you, and, 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 when you make music, the the reality is if it, it organically can get out of your control and you can't control who it reaches, it's art. You can't look at a white person to be like, you just don't get me because you white. It really are. There really are some white people out there who get blackness. They don't get being mm. a black person like they don't get living as a black person, but they do understand from out from the outside the struggles that people have been through they have tried to educate themselves as much as possible for you to act like that. Nope. That they just don't, there's no way they could possibly understand what you're going through as a human being. Cause they white people like these are only black experiences that you speak about.
3: All right. That's it's can't just can't not, it's that. not
2: true, man. Like it's, it's, it's not true. And yes, your music <laughs> comes from more black experience, but that's some human shit too. That that's just some shit that all people deal with. Some of it.
4: All right.
3: Not all. Of and it. then on the flip side, we've got it. you know you got black people that do not support you at all, and it has nothing to do with you. It don't even have to do with your music. Like they don't just, they don't like it. It's just that like they just don't fuck with you because some some of them might like, just want to see the demise of people. Some of them might not. Not even you know they might listen to your music and don't like it. Like you you're gonna have that as well. So to just say like I only want my my music to reach a certain group like you just like you said you just can't do that
2: But my question is like for every white person that was at a show saying n-word disrespectfully because I'm not going I'm not going to acknowledge that and say that it's okay that they was saying nigga because it's in your lyrics they shouldn't be saying it you know but for every white person that was at them shows that you might have (laughs) saw mouthing n-word how many of them did you notice didn't or how many people treated you beautifully while you were over there performing and taking you places and doing interviews with you and like introducing you in settings and sitting down and trying to have conversations with you and completely opening themselves up to your embrace. Like how many of them did that? How many good experiences did you have
4: mm-hmm.
2: while, while, going, while being on your journey that other people will never understand? You know, it ain't just, I, 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 like I, I, I agree. Like I, I feel you did. She's going through something. Like, she's really going through something right now. And she's, pro- mm-hmm. she's projecting all of that shit out over Twitter. And I hope most of her energy is actually just going into this book club. Because it is a beautiful thing that she now has chapters in different cities of black people getting together and talking about books.
5: Black books. Oh, yeah. That is super dope.
3: As somebody who is an avid you know, reader and loves, I love, I love a book. Love the feel of a book. A good book like that. I think that's really dope because you really don't see that like yeah you know there's the whole quote unquote Oprah book club but to see somebody that young and to see other people that are that young where they're now reading versus you know reading stuff on the internet like they're actually getting books and then they're dissecting it and they're talking about it in this conversation and then to have it throughout different cities that's amazing to see so yeah hopefully that outlet will help her i hope also that she has people that she can talk to mm-hmm. and you know and if she doesn't you know like the good old therapist can be you know that person also the twins in the life can be that person exactly but yeah yep. you know the the Twitters and Facebook and Lord knows Snapchats I hope you know wherever else she's venting to like that's that's just not going to be the answer. Yo, them
2: Twitter it's niggas ain't real, help. dog. Them t- Twitter really niggas are not really just going to make it
3: worse.
2: Yeah, they're not real. They flip like days. They change like draws. Them niggas ain't real, dog. But mm-hmm. let let, and, and let me paint a picture like this because this is kind of how I look at it. I see people, I see black people all the time because there's just some phrases that y'all niggas like to reutter all the time on Facebook, Twitter, and whatever else. One of them is I'm not here to teach white people, right? I'm not here to explain things to white people that they don't understand. That's not my job. Okay, I I feel feel the frustration. And I also do feel like that there's a certain generation of white people that you shouldn't waste your time explaining shit to, because they are far beyond wanting change or to change. Like, fuck them. But are you telling me that if like a little white kid Decided that they wanted to read the books that you were reading in your book club, because somehow
4: they found your music, and it spoke to them, and their fans. You get to you get to be. You get to change, a white person's a white kid's
2: views on things at a young age. That people in their homes won't be, might not be able to do for them because they're not black and they don't have the black experience that you're sharing. Right. So they're getting all of that from you.
4: They're learning about black people from you, a black woman, a black person. Do Do you not want that to happen? Right. do Do we
2: not want to be the main encouragement for the next generation of white kids? and kid non non, kids of non-color like non-kids of color like do we not want to get in and change things through them because we can't do it through the boomers and the x-gens we we can't even do it through the millennials at this
4: point because they're the same age as you Mm -hmm. they think they they know everything like you know everything but if you can reach little kids
2: and they grow up they grow up with that perspective
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the
2: they grow up with that, with that, from with that perspective, right? Because you reach them. How is that? How I don't understand how we don't want to steal white, my, young white minds from evil white people. How why, why would not we want to do that?
3: I don't even think she sees it that far.
2: Like I got your, I got your child loving black people now. I got your child-loving black stories. I got your child-loving black
3: words. And I didn't have to sugarcoat anything. Like, this is just unapologetic me. Like, and this is what they're seeing. You know, yeah, like, they're fans of that. Nothing nothing sugarcoated. This is just me being me. Yeah.
4: That's
3: the, I would want
4: that, too.
2: So, I, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I hope she gets through it. I hope this book club helps her get through it I'm actually interested now I've been going through the Instagram page for No Name Book Club and I kind of want to I'm kind of looking at the book that they're reading and I'm like okay maybe I need to check that out See, so just see what it's about because I don't are they really like talking currently? about huh
3: what are they reading currently
2: my phone just fucking died hold on well it's on the Instagram page so if anybody can get to their Instagram quicker oh. than I can it's No Names Book Club is the Instagram is the
3: Instagram name Um, Yeah.
2: Let's see. I believe that's it. No Name Reads is the Instagram name. My bad. So. No Name Reads. No Name Reads. And I guess the book they're currently reading is The Wretched of the Earth.
4: Hmm. The Wretched of the Earth. It's Wretched, right? The Wretched of the Earth. Yep. Okay. That's dope. And there's white people in these groups, in these chapters. Mm-hmm. So, that's good. Oh my God, this Chicago chapter.
2: Bro, you got an RSVP. If I had to money, this
3: is, that's what I would want my um,
4: one of my rooms to look
2: like. Oh, this, this building? Yes.
4: Just books. Ugh. That's everything.
2: Like it's diversity in this room. It's diversity in this in this room. room. Oh, she
3: has an Atlanta chapter.
4: Mm-hmm. And yeah, these are young. Look at these faces. They're young, like her, like twenty five and below, babies. But that's good, though. You know,
3: especially this age group. This is where you her know, music what her music <laughs> helped her do.
4: Like this is what her music
2: helped her do.
3: And then on top of that, so, you know, like books, especially like, you know, like paperback, hardback books are so hard for a lot of authors to sell. Because, you know, this is in the day of age now, Audible and, you know, you can read things on your Kindle and stuff like that. So for people to actually go out and buy a hard copy, read it and discuss that, like that's that's good Dope. and for them to like, keep their attention span because as we all know what their attention spans with a lot of them it's like okay this is this is interesting for like a day or two but then my mind goes to something else
4: mm-hmm.
3: so to be this consistent with it and be intrigued enough to be like okay what's the next book so we can discuss it and it also helps too for for me it helps with uh like social communication because you know that's another thing like especially that age group black and like everything is so computer and the phone and you know talking to people is social media related just so you can so you can have now a dialogue with actual people mhm <laughs> that's i think and you know your age group and lives in your city i think that's a really good
4: thing
2: new friends new experiences new ideas that conversations that are based around literature, like literary Mm -hmm. conversations with your own group. Something you
3: all have a, you know, everybody has a like of not led by a professor
2: either, not led by an older person who Mm -hmm. has their views on something and are trying to kind of impose them on you. Right. Y'all y'all imposing your own views on each other. Y'all sharing your views of the same literary work amongst each other and being able to connect to it on that. That's dope as fuck.
3: Mm-hmm, it is. It really, really is. Like, I, me and my mom, you know, like I said, we, I love Toni Morrison, and she loves too. So, you know, we always used to do that. And, I mean, we're doing it now because we started rereading all her books. So I sent her Sula because I finished Sula, and, you know, we just started talking about it. And you know what I'm saying? Especially because a lot of the authors like Toni Morrison and I'm sure the ones that she's probably suggested to read, like, you know, there's people see things differently than what you might see in a book, you know. So it's it's good discussion and it's it's really interesting.
4: Yep. So yeah, man, um Pooh.
2: Um, so that that happened. That was a long I figured a no name discussion was going to be a minute because we care so much about her and her music and like I just want her to win
3: yeah maybe this is just like so she's young um, hopefully this is just a phase
2: she definitely got Grammy snows. Like,
3: I think I know a lot and coped with I'm sure with some other personal issues so yeah she'll just she just got to ride through it but I feel like she's fine. she'll be okay
2: she got. She she has some positive support, so I think if anything,
4: mm-hmm.
2: that that will keep her head above water. I know sometimes people be feeling like they're drowning out here alone, but she has the type of support that I wish more artists had, because it, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually positive support. It's not just people following you to see what you're doing. You know what I mean? These these people actually do care about you.
4: So mm-hmm. absolutely. I was trying to see. If we had any voice, uh, yes, we do. We have voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, but he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess we have a voicemail.
2: Wait, when hold on, hold on, we might not have voicemails. Wait a minute, (laughs) let me, let me, let me make sure because I know I, I know we did some last time. We did
4: that whole, that, that, that guy, yeah stuff got stolen. Yo, that was wild. <laughs> that was
0: an emotional roller coaster.
4: Oh, yeah, that really was. That really was. It was like, uh, uh, sure.
2: <laughs> Alright, so we had like four messages
4: a couple of weeks ago, so I guess we did get one last week. Alright, so let me that one came in at 12 in the morning. That coming at 12. When was the last? What was the last
2: podcast episode we did? What day was that? I know it was Wednesday,
4: but it wasn't. So it wasn't. Damn it. Go back. You know what? I hate you. Go back, yo. She won't even let me
2: look at an older calendar. Like, you won't even let me change time.
4: Wow. wow. That is. Thank you, Mac, for being so secure. <laughs> last week was what, the twenty seventh, I think. Yes. Damn, it's hard to find a calendar on this
2: bitch. All right. The twenty seventh, we didn't do a show. So we did a show on the twentieth.
4: Twentieth.
2: Right. That was the last show we did. We got a voicemail on the twentieth at one fifty. <laughs> I'm assuming this is in the no, this was at
4: 7.09 p.m., so we got it that night. Did we not play this one? We definitely played voicemails last week. I just remember it was that boy. I can't tell if we played this or not. If it that some story about his car being repossessed. Right, but it was like three voicemails about his car being repossessed, and then we got the the mashup question. I remember that. Let me
6: see. Let me just. for acre rule. I'm just gonna get back in touch with y'all, man. Yo, real talk, man. Those dash episodes of Nikki and man. Yo, I needed that shit, man. That shit was real, like um. The whole mental health shit, man. Shit, I been going through it, too. My damn self. Guess the family. Have my car stolen. Shit, I just found out tonight. My little cousin, she got popped, man. Trying to find out some information on that shit, man. That's you no know, shit, Lewis. Nigga, that's shit, Lewis. and shit, Lewis, man. These motherfuckers out here riding. dog. It's like, it's Robin. season out in this motherfucker right now. But, yeah, well, for sure, man. Like, that mental health shit ain't no joke. I try have been trying to focus on that shit. And I saw sure her that she, yeah man she helped me out a whole lot. And I sure hope that she's helping out a whole lot of other people too. You know. Um so yeah, I need I need I need to look up on uh, Twitter and whatnot, follow her and everything. But um yeah, you know, I just wanna say man, it's like dope episodes man. And like um no, I it'd been a while, she had a guest stuff too, man. So I was kinda like one like um like I know Ken ain't been Karen ain't been on the show in a while, man, you know, and Every miss like the four noco episodes, man. So like what's the what's the deal, bro? Like what what's what's the hold up with y'all doing like another crossover episode between MTR, Chris, the black guy who tips, you know, Rod and Kane, you know, like y'all need to I mean, I ain't putting on no not know four noco no more obviously, but yeah, man, like those shit was classic, man. So what's the deal, bro? Like y'all y'all, y'all start trying to do those shit again if y'all got the time. if y'all got the time, y'all got a chance and opportunity, man. Like nah, I know personally, I miss that shit. I sure know other people too, do too, man. So, you know, so what's up, man? Let us know. Let us know.
2: I wish I could read to y'all what the translation has for this. Cause it's... We did
0: play that one last we time. We did
2: play it last time, yeah. The translation just, like, it, <laughs> it starts off 848 to get back in touch with Real Talk Man episode. Yo. I needed that shit, because it understand shit. I needed that shit, man. Said that she was real like the whole mental health shit, man. I've been going through it to my damn self. Guess the family had my car started. <laughs> what? Guess the family had my car started. I just found out, because she got a pop made trying to find out the information that shipment. It's just like, it's struggling. It is trying to translate, and it's getting parts of it, but... It even caught motherfucker, like it caught motherfucker, and it caught all the curse words. So funny, yeah. But we did play that one last week. I don't know. I think everybody saw that four loco memory on Facebook and was like, "What happened to them episodes, nigga? We don't drink four loco no more." That's what happened to those episodes.
3: I thought I saw four loco. Oh, they still sell it. Had another. Oh, it's no, like... back. No, like like they had another product, different product.
0: They got seltzer now too. Yeah, yeah,
3: like it was like maybe like the seltzer water, because you know that's like the the new wave. The wave, uh-huh. I was like, you know it was a big wave when I saw I said, Y'all got this shit on tap. Seltzer so,
4: <laughs> what? <laughs>
3: oh yes, yeah, so a lot of places like
0: yeah, Nope.
3: A lot of gastro breweries, like or gastro pubs, you can get like the seltzer water on draft. I was like
4: That is absurd. <laughs> seltzer, <laughs>
3: That's right, like, the too much. the fuck, right, like, I don't want myself. that shit, but mm-hmm, they, you can get it on draft now.
2: I'm trying to be healthy out here in the streets, I gotta go get a checkup next week. Nah, mm-hmm. fuck all that. Trying to put that shit in my system. Right. I
4: mean, <laughs> cells that. of water is, I mean, other than the alcohol, it's mostly healthy. They
3: mm-hmm. have hard, uh, April 2007 announced a hard liquor loot. Called four local shots. They're seventy percent
4: proof. Oh. Flavors include dragon's breath, green tornado, screwball. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so did you know that they all they came in four uh
3: excuse me, six um, alcohol by volume depending on the state regulations. Like they had a 6%, 7%, 8%, 10, 12, or 14.
0: I absolutely did not know that.
4: <laughs> this is so interesting. No mm-hmm. wonder it got banned. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's terrible. Ew, it is. Uh, woo. All right, man. But um, all right. So
2: what we need to before we get out of here, I, I need to have a conversation with y'all about how we finish out the rest of this year,
4: cause um, I think we got two weeks left. I want to say we got two weeks left. So today is um... the
3: fourth.
2: Yeah, we got the 11th. Yeah, and the because
3: 18th. Uh, the 26th would be the day after
4: Christmas. So yeah, two.
2: Yeah, we got two. We got two weeks left. So um, what are we doing? Like, what are we? What are we doing for the next two episodes? So we can prepare now.
0: Did we do the Who That Is game yet?
4: We have again, not.
0: like the second time. We have not yet. So we should do that. We should definitely do. If we're gonna do like an end of the year wrap up type thing, then we should do that obviously how do we
2: want
3: Are to do uh, a decade one
0: decade. ooh we probably should that would be
2: it
4: and do it diligence
2: it's, it's necessary so how about this how about we do um who that is next week next episode let's say next episode so we do who that is next episode along with uh any album of the year talk which we'll is make the rest of the episode album of the year talk song of the album of the year song of the year all just just music discussion music of the year discussion period we'll just talk it out we won't also, have like a format and shit we'll just do it just uh, a discussion
0: i have if, if this is going on the podcast then i want to tell this to the uh listeners um go back through your mental archives or your physical archives uh, through the last decade of this podcast and tell us what your favorite moments of the last decade were, if you don't mind. Because I would love to hear uh, if you guys have any particular things that like stood out to you or that you thought were like extra funny or informative or whatever the hell, since we've been doing this shit for so damn long.
2: She's talking about specifically with the podcast. We've been listening to the podcast. For like-
0: yeah, I don't care about the rest of your decade. I'm just talking oh, about okay. the podcast.
2: All right, just making sure we clear that up.
4: Yeah yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, So, we, on next week, we'll, next episode, we'll do Who That Is and Music of the Year. And then we'll do Music of the Decade on the 18th. So, that one, y'all need to prepare for it. Y'all need to prepare for it. Yeah. You got two weeks to prepare for Music of the Decade.
4: This is
3: going to be funny because, like, a lot of this was me moving to Atlanta.
4: <laughs> Good.
3: Like, oh. Cause yeah,
4: I moved to Atlanta in 2011, so, mm. which is interesting because it's it's funny because like
3: you know how I always say like you know you you remember music and when it comes out based on like what what were you doing or whatever have you not like in your life like I know I that's how I remember a lot of stuff and. 2011, like I just remember all the stuff that came out, like the Watch the Throne. Watch the Throne came out maybe a week or two before I physically moved to Atlanta. I remember how you know um, I saw Kid Kid Capri did. Um, I went to the New New Year's Eve party. That was my first New Year's party movement as a I guess Atlanta resident and. Right. They had it at the Biltmore and Kikapri and Idris Elba were the DJs. Mm. And oh, I was like, shit. one of the best parties ever. Cause Idris is actually, like, he's a phenomenal DJ. Like
0: That's so amazing.
3: Phenomenal. Like, I mean, like, I was thoroughly surprised how knowledgeable he knows about music and, you know, just he can read the crowd and, you know, stuff like that. So he's actually very good. But I just I will always remember like I remember it was like because it was a nice party and it was it was huge it was at the Biltmore and they had like two stages so you know one one side of this big old place was Kate Capri stuff and then on the other side was Idris and I just remember when it finally you know they did the countdown and it was like Happy New Year and it was 2012. I remember they played uh, "We Found Love" by Rihanna, and the hottest of niggas was like dancing the fuck out of that <laughs> shit. Like I will, I was like, I mean, mouthing the whole word, like geeking the fuck out, and I just was cracking up. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it was like a smooth ten of them, hood as fuck. And they would just—I mean—they would just, I mean, just live it like, "Oh my God, you played that? <laughs> mm. So this will be fun. That'll be fun.
2: Um, I did—I did want to tell.
4: Well, we can do a lot of A three
3: uh, C stuff for the decade.
2: Yeah. The whole decade, man. So whatever you want to talk about, whatever you find.
3: I mean, that was part of our decade, our AC three days.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So decade recap. Um. I wanted because because Deidre is usually the person I confide in when I just can't am looking for podcasts to listen to. Like, and my podcast search has been a struggle since I found one good one. I found two good ones that was beast, and I ain't been able to latch on to one for like two weeks now that I can tolerate. <laughs> like you recommended one to me. And I'll go ahead and say today, because I don't give a fuck about this podcast. It's called Hell and Gone. <laughs> and I am so fucking tired of this new, I don't even want to call this, call, this it's just like a sub genre of true crime where it's basically investigative journalism. Because mm-hmm. like, it's not a true crime podcast. It's it's some person decided that they are going to solve a murder from over a decade ago that no one has solved. And I'm just going to let y'all know right now, they never solve it. If you're listening to these podcasts, <laughs> thinking that they're going to solve a crime that police didn't solve 14 years ago with less information than the police had 14 years ago with witnesses who are 14 years older than they were 14 years ago, they're not going to solve this fucking case. <laughs> it is a waste of goddamn time for you to sit. If they're not hitting you with actual facts from the crime provided by police and educating you on the crime, it's not it, it, my, to me at that point it's not a true crime podcast. It's a goose chase, it's a ghost goose chase. And that's what they do in the worst part of those podcasts. Is typically the host that is the one claiming that they're gonna solve this fucking case, because <laughs> they are fake ass Sarah K niggin. They, I'm, I'm gonna call it Ray Nick. They re They are Sarah Ray niggan. K
4: nigger. They
2: Sarah Ray <laughs> And they 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 get on these podcasts and they lie. The first thing they the thing they do the most that irritates me is the self aggrandizing shit. Like they'll be like. I'm able to get people to talk to me and tell me all their inner secrets. And then you hear the interview, and the people don't be telling them shit. Like, ain't <laughs> told them shit. They ain't get no new facts. Um, I feel like the police didn't do a good enough autopsy. So once we could, once we could dig up the body, then I could go look at it because I got a degree in uh in 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 operation. Like nigga, if you don't get the fuck out of here, so that was the first <laughs> one I had to let it go because. When Old old Girl on the podcast said that she felt like the killer might be watching her and she might be his next victim, that's when I couldn't deal no more. Because I was like... (laughs) If I was him listening to this podcast, I might want to come after you too. So I let that one go. And then I found another one. And DJ, I haven't told you about this one yet. I found another one that I've been listening to. I think I'm on like episode six. I'm about to throw this one out the window too. It's called... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like something wasn't right I think that's what it's called something wasn't right and it's supposed to be a podcast that's about this story about this young lady who got engaged to this guy and something wasn't right about him and come to find no. out he was like a sociopath okay I'm all about podcasts about sociopaths I will listen Because people are crazy. And I like listening to crazy stories. Here's my issue with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically the host. Sitting. And talking to the woman. Who was in the relationship with this dude. And just letting her tell her own story. Every episode. So it's 30 minutes. Of her telling you what was going on. Oh hell no. Every episode. I have calculated the time on this this woman has been talking about her relationship for a smooth six hours no shit (laughs) okay and what makes it even worse is at the end of this every episode the host goes written by and she says her name and I'm like you didn't write shit because that you basically just sat on the phone and let a woman tell you another story about her relationship you didn't write nothing and it's not even quality microphone interviews. It's them sitting in a room with one microphone on, talking back and forth. The amount of noise and just like redlining that is happening during, man.
3: Oh, we'll see, Mm-mm, I couldn't do it. In the, oh my I god, I started listening to. I told you like, uh, it's it's from ABC News. The Have You Seen This Man
4: mm-hmm.
3: podcast,
4: and. Uh, that's why I said, we have some dumb ass people in these yeah. like
3: high change your life positions. Like, long story, I, I don't even know if I want to say, but, um, so they look at, I mean, the is, naturally is they're looking for this man that escaped, um, prison, um, a long, long time ago. Like, basically, he, um, he raped and well attempted to rape and killed like a fourteen year old.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and at that time he was like twenty. He was like in his early twenties, and I guess he was he has already had like a little small rap sheet prior to that. Like he's known to be like aggressive type guy, even though he was at church every Sunday, <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know that type of thing. But so it's like, he technically didn't escape. Like he escaped from prison, but. They had this thing. So he was basically on death row. They, um, and I think this was in Ohio or Indiana. Can't remember which state it was, but uh, Ohio was, yeah, it was Ohio. But long story short, like three days before um, he was, you know, going to get the death penalty, um, Ohio decided that it was unjust, blah, blah, blah. So they changed the sentence to life in prison. So, throughout the years, they started, the warden started this program where they would allow, like, a couple of inmates to go to the mall or go to amusement park. And they would literally be, it would be unsupervised. So, they would pick, I don't know how they picked the people, but they would pick, you know, three or four people. They would put them in a van and they would take them to these, you know, set locations. And then they would literally uncuff them and let them just do whatever they wanted to do, and tell them, "Well, you need to be back by you know this time." Like give them a curfew. What? These are prisoners.
4: I'm mad confused. The fuck? What is
2: this? this? Are you serious? What in the world?
4: Niggas gonna go on vacation from prison? Prison, like
3: federal maximum prison, like. Some of these niggas are like murderers. Like I, don't... right. <laughs> so this black man, like literally, so they took him and I. You know, maybe three or four people. They went to the mall. And you really uh, fucked me how- up
0: when you said that he was black because I knew for sure that that was a white man that got out to just go on his merry so way. This, yeah.
3: yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is the black Lester, uh, Eubanks. <laughs> so. yeah, hey, that's a black ass name. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole black man. You sound like a nigga. So, yeah, so, um, so he they went to the mall, um, and basically, in a nutshell, they went to the mall, and it was like three or four of them. And, um, uncuffed him and said, you know, y'all can shop. I don't know how you shop with, you know, you were in prison like five minutes ago, but whatever. Like, um, you know, and you need to come back at like 2.30. So 2.30 comes and the other three, four guys come back. He don't come back.
2: Of course. It's prison.
3: So, So instead of them being like alerted and, you know, being like, oh my God, let me just, you know, tell everybody we got to find him. Oh, they hopped back in the van and they just bopped their way back to the prison, which is like, I think they said maybe like an hour plus away. (laughs) So it wasn't even priority, like, oh, this man is missing. And by the time they made it priority, I think it was like two, three days out. I was like, he deserves to be free. Y'all don't need to look for him. At
2: this point, yes. They didn't want him to stay then, in prison anyway.
3: So they they interviewed the warden that, you know, decided this. Oh, he still is a, like a Stark. Um, like, he just says, like, this was, you know, I, he's like, I don't regret me doing this program. And I was like, oh, my God. But this whole man that attempted to rape and but killed like literally he attempted to rape like i think the girl was 14 she was running home to get changed to go to the laundromat and he attacked her in the side alley and he um like beat her up like attempted to rape her beat her up and then um while he was coming back he did something like and he was coming back and he saw her that she was still alive He went to her and got a rock and, like, bashed her head in. Mm. But this is somebody who, like, literally three days was going to be on the electric chair. You let him unsupervised, no shackles, no handcuffs, nothing. You let him roam free (laughs) in a mall. Somebody who has, you know, issues with trying to have sex with underage girls and then they were saying I think I'm on episode um, 5 now but they were saying like um he had somebody which they think it was his father which so happens to be a preacher like literally wait for him
4: and swoop him away oh yeah fuck that (laughs) I said this shit nope what (laughs)
3: And, wow. Name. And like he like they I think the like the last episode, um, the one that I'm on now, they were they spotted him in California.
4: So like he took the bus and, and made a and changed his name and everything. So and I think yeah, this has been like in the sixties, so he's been out since then. At least your
2: shit is like, a story with some factual shit to it that's entertaining and isn't just a person rambling about their broken, dumbass choices that they made on their own, in their own dumbass relationship with a dude who clearly was a fucking faker and a goddamn sociopath the first time you met him, talking about he put aside a fund to save up a hundred grand to buy you a goddamn piano two weeks into your fucking relationship, and you thought that this nigga was legit. Deidre, there is a point where this man told this woman to call, he gave this girl he gave this woman a phone number for her to text one of his friends so they could become friends and have a conversation. Now, she is texting this woman all her personal intimate secrets, all her details about the wedding, everything. Ain't never fucking met the girl. Ain't never fucking talked to her on the phone. The girl don't have a Facebook page or any social media. She got two pictures that the girl sent her of what supposedly her and her husband looked like. It took them six episodes of this woman rambling to get to the point where I, where her, of her going. It was basically him pretending wow. to be a girl named Kimmy using Google uh, uh, voice or like uh, using Google numbers. Like, Mm -hmm. ma'am, we knew that Mm -hmm. when you said he gave you his friend's number, Kimmy, for you to talk to and you never thought to call the witch. Like, are you serious?
4: (laughs) But you needed to talk for four more hours to get to that that revelation. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is so bad.
3: Yeah, these podcasts are like far and few. Like before this, uh, the one I'm listening to now, I listened to that thirty for thirty one that you had me listen to by Bikram.
2: Oh yeah, like, then you, I got to watch that documentary because that's part of my that's part oh, of my documentary.
3: Like the documentary.
2: So that's part of my documentaries for this year. It's like on my list of documentaries I was, I was, I was supposed have to have watched. To, so I'm watching because
3: it. It, like it was. It's one thing to hear it, you know, on the podcast, and like this nigga was. Wilding, but to like to see him and see him in his full crazy ass, like you just be like wow, just just absolutely wow, like at one point, like they were just showing how one you know like the conflict these these people had of on one hand, we know how vile and disgusting, and you know. How he sexually assaulted these women. But then it's the flip side of, but he changed my life with his yoga. Yo. Which is the yoga that technically it's not his yoga. He stole all of He didn't create shit. yoga positions. He stole it from his, you know, mentor or whatever. And then, you know, but to see them like cry and I, he was like, wow. And then to see also, so, you know, how they said that these, um, these, you know, teacher conferences or whatever, have you called it, you know, the rooms would be like 120, you know, 125 degrees. And while they're sweating and they're literally, they can't leave. So they're literally peeing on themselves. And you figured like all that body odor and it's carpet. Cause you know, at that point they didn't, they'd never created yoga mats, So they're on like carpet soaking in all this funk. Here he is sitting on top of like this plank type thing. And it's a, like a white oversized chair he's sitting in. And he's sitting Indian style in it. And there are like three hoses that are like spraying him with cold wa- like cold air. So he's cool. You know, he's cool as a cucumber in here. While well, these people are like literally dying and saying like, I couldn't leave. I had to tell them, like, my period was starting and show them the blood for them to even open the door for me.
2: I, mm, yeah. I, yeah, fuck
3: all that.
0: I did a high yoga class once and uh, never the fuck again. Tell you that. This is before I knew to do a scumbag. But that shit is unpleasant.
6: Yeah, he
3: was like, I mean, he called himself the bad boy of yoga. Nigga, how are you
0: even going to be? That shouldn't even be a thing that is possible to be
3: he was, he he was posed, that crazy like though, he dog. was full-fledged nigga like yes
0: <laughs> yeah. i seen him walking around trash. that fucking black speedo and shit in no. the little oh trailer God. for the documentary
2: but just listen to their commentary the interviews the stuff he's saying that he was saying to them in the way he was saying it like i don't know how i'm just, i'm sorry i just don't know how these people can't tell these people be trash dog like when you hear them saying this stuff in the way they talk it's trash, and frankly, this this is just this is just how I look at it. Anybody that treats you in a way that makes you feel like shit, and tells you that they're doing it to make you into a better person, they're full of shit, dog. They're lying to you. Oh yeah, obviously, they're fucking lying to you. I don't know why people think that people trying to break them are trying to build them up. That's not a real thing, dog. Niggas are trying. No. Niggas who are trying to break you are trying to break you. That's all they're trying to do.
3: But he, but, but you, you had people like. People crying, but like, I, know. this one guy in particular, I don't, it's the black people on there too, which was like, oh, but, um, yeah, it, I, I thought yeah, some black girls on there, but this one guy in particular, he was, you know, X pounds overweight and he could went to the class and if they were doing a particular position and Vikram said, you know, suck in that stomach. I don't want to see that shit jiggle like something along those lines. So, you know, he felt so mortified that he lost all this. It He said it it made him lose all this weight. And, you know, he says, I thank, you know, Bikram for that because it was him talking to me and me seeing how bad I was from, to motivate me to lose the weight so he doesn't talk bad about me.
4: Nah, I'm cool on that. I, yeah, especially
3: on top, like, this, this shit was like, he was making, like, $8 million a year.
0: That mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me at all.
3: $8 because I think the teacher training class was, like, between ten or $16,000. It was $10,000,
2: like, and he took in, I forgot how many people he took in.
3: It was a lot, because remember, they said it was, like, a little bit, and it grew. Mm-hmm. And he was having it all at these, you know, these hotels where that's where they did. They, they did it, like, three times a day. And then, you know, they stayed there. They couldn't leave the, you know, the hotel. And he stayed at the hotel, too. And he lived, like, on the penthouse suite, which was disgusting. But, um, yeah, you have, to, you have to watch the documentary. To see this nigga, like... To hear it is one thing, but to see how wild his ass was. Yeah. I mean, even when he was, like, in trial. So they had clips of him being in trial. Oh! Cutting... I mean, cutting the fuck
4: up. Jesus Christ.
3: I was like, this man... And currently still is doing teacher training classes.
2: And just in another country. Yeah, he's just in other countries he's, doing it now.
3: He's in Spain. And they, they showed oh. a list of it. He charged in, I think, eight to ten thousand dollars a pop, full class. Um it was Spain. I know I know they said he was bopping between Spain, Thailand, um, and I forgot what other country. I think back to India, but yeah. He owes so much money in the United States, he's just not coming back to the United States.
2: It's crazy that somebody can get it's it's crazy that the only thing he got found, the only time he went to trial and got found guilty of anything was when his, what, secretary? Lawyer. Lawyer sued lawyer. him. His lawyer sued mm-hmm. him, and she got like, what, $50 million or some bullshit? Mm-hmm. Got and nothing. The women he raped and assaulted didn't get anything. That's...
3: Mm. And the and the, and the the lawyer said she hasn't got a dime. Good. Because he, he left, you know. Listen, He good. up and left. Good.
2: Because her ass, shouldn't, her getting that mon- get much money over them getting nothing.
3: It's mm-hmm. trash.
2: Like, I'm sorry, I think one,
3: one girl said she settled. Like, a couple of them said they quote-unquote settled, but you know, of course, that's little to nothing, and I'm sure they didn't get no money either. If if the lawyer lady ain't get nothing, she they didn't get nothing at all either. But it, it also shows, too, how, um, so that lawyer's lawyer was like, this is insane. Like how can you have somebody doing this? And like, there's no consequence for him. So, um, I guess cause it was civil court. She was trying to push it farther and she started well were attempting to talk to whatever that mayor was, I guess. Cause I, I think it was in California when all this happened yeah. and that lady wouldn't even do anything.
2: Big business, bro. Like it should, I just got finished watching, um, and then we'll, we'll close this out because we done ran over good. I just got finished watching Bombshell, mm-hmm. which is uh, Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman. And it was about the three Fox News anchors who ended up like going after, was it Roger Ailes for yes, sexual yes, assault? hmm Yeah. And uh, Charlize Theron plays Megan Kelly she plays i think uh what nicole Kidman plays with gretchen carlson carlson gretchen carlson and i forgot the name of the woman that margot roby plays
0: but, no, i'm not sure either
2: uh yeah um
0: they all the same person to me in real life not no, the actresses but the actual people they are playing
2: no when you <laughs> when you see the newsroom in this because i don't know if you saw vice last year and how they made fun of uh the 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 how George Bush became president and he made Dick Cheney his vice president and it's basically so wait, about Dick. It's Christian Bale,
0: yes. You said Christian Bale is Christian Roger Bale Ailes is, as well.
2: No, Christian Bale is Dick Cheney in that. Roger Ailes in this is John Lithgow.
0: Oh shit! Okay, cool. So
2: um, it's got a lot of names in it. Actually, you'll recognize a whole lot of women that just are kind of there. To be in yeah. the newsroom because they basically went and got every actress with blonde hair to be a Fox News anchor. Because that's how
0: they did it. Yeah,
2: that's how they all look. So it's kind of like Vice and that. At first, it starts off with this kind of tongue in cheek commentary and just this is based on reality. This is really how these women acted, da da da. And then it gets super serious when it starts talking about the sexual assaults and stuff that he was doing. And they just, the, the way they show you him the way that John Lithgow plays his character and the way he did the assaults and like just the, the culture at Fox news that allowed that
6: to mm-hmm. fester,
2: right? Because you're in a conservative culture where women are second class. I don't care what they say. I don't care that Megan Kelly has her own show. At the end of the day, Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes. And uh, I forgot what the other guy was Murdoch. One of them, like they've ran that shit. Okay, and they treated those women like second class citizens while paying them well. Mhm. You know, and it gets really deep into just how he which how he reminded them that they were women in the workplace. Mm. And it just like I was like, oh, I got to watch this yoga documentary after watching this. Uh. Like, mm. Jesus, this men are men are terrible.
3: <laughs> this is a. Is it on? What is it
2: on? Oh no, it's not in theaters yet. I don't think Bombshell. Oh, uh,
3: oh, okay. So, okay, so some. Yeah, I gotta watch. Movies.
2: I gotta watch it for uh, Oscar consideration because they're putting Charlize oh, up for uh, Okay, Best okay. But uh, I think Bombshell drops on like it might drop in two weeks or it might drop like the twenty fifth of, of December. I think.
3: Oh, okay, so it's soon. Mm, it drops. It drops
2: the nineteenth. So, well, the release date says the thirteenth. But I think it's why I released the 19, but it might be the 13th. so it might be next week. Okay. But yeah, it's it's good. But if you haven't seen Vice, absolutely watch Vice. Vice is great. Like Vice, Vice is, uh, yeah. Vice Please. is just just Charles, just Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, and then like Steve Carell plays. Does he play Bannon? He plays one of those motherfuckers that was uh, in the Republican Party around that time. It's a, they all like they just get a bunch of comedians and straight actors to play these terrible fucking Republicans, and it's all based in reality. Like it's all based on actual shit that happened during Bush's administration and before Bush's administration, and how it showed how Dick Who's Cheney on gained all his power. Okay, I'm gonna
3: watch it then.
2: Oh no, Vice is Vice is funny. Like it's funny and it's fucked up because they really did this shit. So you'll be <laughs> you'll be watching some shit, and they'll say like, "We should do this," and everybody looks at them like that's ridiculous. And then the next scene is them actually doing it. And you realize that is some shit they did in 2003
3: or
4: 1998
2: this is the same
3: or 2008. director that did man Yes. And tell him. Like, Will
2: Ferrell is in this as a character. Oh, yes, yes. I'm was- Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Bro, there's a oh, I'm there's a scene,
3: this,
4: this weekend. there's a oh, scene yeah.
2: where they where they put all of these fucking war criminal uh politicians like Dick Cheney's tightest crew and they take them to a restaurant and it's a parody of them basically like going to a restaurant where the menu mm-hmm. is war crimes and they're picking out what their favorite one is.
4: Oh shit! It is
2: so funny and so fucked up. At the same time, like it just uh, it was, it was so good.
4: Yo, I'm watching this this weekend. Wait, Tyler Perry's in
2: it. Tyler Perry is Colin Powell. Yes.
4: Oh, good lord! Yeah, this is this will be watched this weekend.
2: It's so much information in that shit, yo. It's like you yeah, see I'm that nice. Dick Cheney was legit a monster. Like he was a monster.
4: Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm absolutely watching this. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
2: That was easily that? one of my favorite films last year.
3: Yeah, that's on my list this weekend. So
0: I started to watch it on the plane, but then I realized the flight was going to be too short for me to finish it, so I didn't bother getting around to it. I hope it's on streaming somewhere.
3: I gotta it's find on, it.
2: it was on Hulu. Yeah, last I just time saw it. It's
3: on Hulu. Yeah.
2: Oh, then on I'm on watch it then. While. Perfect. Oh, Damn. Booksmart is on Hulu, too, for anybody who didn't know that. What is? What is? Booksmart. Oh, cool. Oh it is? Yeah, okay. Booksmart. They just put it on there this week.
3: Okay, good.
2: So if y'all are looking for a good comedy, uh, an intelligent comedy, Booksmart is it. Like, Booksmart is funny as shit. That was easily one of the funniest films this year.
4: Okay. Yay! Well, I got two things to watch this weekend. Yep. Also, uh, in the spirit of, you know, reaching across the aisle and connecting
0: with people for Indigenous Peoples Day this year, I taught a white young man from America, a white young man from Scotland, and a white young man from New Zealand how to play spades over Thanksgiving weekend.
3: Oh, I love it.
4: (laughs) They going pass train.
3: that good old tradition
4: there. They you know gonna
3: what I'm shit. <laughs> I am here for it. Oh, they gonna uh... <laughs> patent it and
2: teach the other white people.
3: Let them know, you know, where you're not supposed to cut anybody. Straight up,
0: screens, they the two, uh, the dude from uh, New Zealand, the dude from uh, Scotland, caught on pretty damn quick. Actually, and I was like, Ooh. "Yo," because they go to school with my brother-in-law, and I was like, "Yo," when y'all go back to college y'all gonna be the coolest white dudes on campus if y'all can play spades with all the black kids there, so you know pay attention and there's like bet,
4: I'm so here for this, <laughs> I'm so here for this,
3: oh gosh, Tell them this is like a tradition, yeah,
0: well, absolutely to even I, I watched of two game. of my aunts almost get into a fight over this right, game like, this sacred, over face yeah,
4: face. you know what I'm like, saying. <laughs>
3: Like seriously die. There have been gunfights, physical right. fights.
4: <laughs> space is everything very underneath serious.
3: the son. Like, I'm sure there's been proposals off of space it's again right? like like this is this is serious. Oh, this is great. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is fun. Oh, good job, Mike.
0: Hey man, I'm trying to do what I can do. One one person at a time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't change the world, but I can change my community
3: they said on dissect when i was listening to it <laughs> <laughs> when they were doing last
4: oh this is so funny <laughs> oh man oh my gosh that's great <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right <laughs> um
2: we will highlight y'all next time thank you for joining in and uh yeah man where's my 40 acres podcast where's my 40 com? Every Wednesday, y'all listen to every Thursday morning, but you already know that because you're at the end of the episode. Let us know how you feel about 2019 music since we'll be talking about it next week. Go ahead and call leave a Voicemail. Let us know what your favorite album, just what your favorite album of, of the year was, please. Just one album, your favorite album. Don't turn it into three minutes of, well, man, you know, I was looking at my list and, you know, this was one of the great ones and this was a good one. I listened to like seven songs from this one but it wasn't really my favorite. My favorite one was probably, well, it wasn't this one, because I was listening to this one a little while, and then I listened to this one. Like, just tell us what your favorite album is. (laughs) One album. What's your favorite? (laughs) Why was your favorite? And then get off the line so you can leave it open for somebody else to do the same. And we'll play those voicemails on the phone, so I'm curious to hear what people's favorite albums were, because this has been an interesting year.
0: Revenge of the Dreamers 3, best album of the year, baby.
4: And we'll holla at y'all next time. Uh, peace. <laughs>